0: Welcome to POP, the sermon podcast for Peace Lutheran Church in Gehenna, with Pastors Doug Warburton and Tony Katko. It is such a joy to be with y'all this morning. If we haven't met yet, my name is Drew Tucker, and I'm the dude that shouted pizza from the back of the room. Uh, What you don't know is that apparently my wife over here whispered to one of our dear friends, pizza, like 10 seconds before that. So it's a match made in heaven, right? I am overjoyed to serve as the executive director at Hopewood Outdoors. It has been since June that I've been in this role, and it's been a deep, deep love so far in shepherding this ministry and I've loved to be able to do it as a member here at Peace. It's been really fun to be connected here when I'm able because I'm often out on Sundays doing these kinds of things at congregations across the state. So when I get a chance to be here and to be with you, my church family, it's this deep, deep, deep gift to me. Uh, it is an interesting thing to me, though, that there are so many pastors that are members here at Peace. There's a dozen, at least, I think. Um, Tim, I'm not sure what you think all these people did to deserve us all, Uh, but regardless, it's a joy, I think, for all of us. It says something about the community, that we are drawn here to be in community, whether we're in different kinds of ministries or retired, that we want to be here. So thank you for being a community that draws us in and welcomes us. But I want to talk today about this idea of Do I Stay Christian in our series, in our theme and particularly related to camp, because one of the chapters in this book is how do we stay Christian and we get connected to the wilderness or the wild. In the first section of the book, it's all about do you stay Christian? No. The second book, half of the book or part of the book is do I stay Christian? Yes. The third part's really more about what are the things you can do to explore? What are the things you can do to open yourself up to to something beyond yourself? It's not Forcing you to be Christian, but there are opportunities, there are resources, there are ways that you can engage with something significant beyond yourself. And the wilderness is one space where that can happen. So I want to tell you a little bit about the wilderness that we shepherd at Hopewood Outdoors, because I know you've heard me talk about this a lot already since I've preached here once or twice since I started. I'm not going to do my whole normal spiel, instead, I'm going to do a bit of trivia. There are no prizes, there's, it's not like bar trivia, right, I'm not going to pay your tab at the end of the morning, it's not happening. But I'm curious, what do you think it costs to shepherd about 480 acres of natural land in Ohio and to have staff year-round to do camps during the summer and retreats to do things like the Peace Camp in? what do you think that costs across the year? And if you're in the first service, there's no cheating, you can shout it out. What? You were close. It's 1.4 million. <laughs> Unfortunately, on the Price Is Right rules, you would have—you were disqualified. But that's okay. It's about 1.4 million dollars to pay wonderful staff like Jillian and Hannah to pay insurance, so we can manage all the properties in a safe and healthy way, to do things like we had a bunch of tree damage up at Luther at Hopewood Shores after the wind that came through last weekend. So yesterday, we had volunteers with chainsaws, so paying for the gas and fresh blades as they are cleaning that up. We didn't lose any buildings, thank God, quite literally. But the reality is that costs a lot, but it's wilderness worth caring for because how we engage God in the wilderness really matters. What do you think we get in in fees from campers? to cover those costs, $200,000, i am glad to say it's better than that, thank God, about $700,000, about half of our budget, comes from camper fees throughout the year, that means we can balance things two ways, we can double camp prices right now, does that sound fun, no. No, thank God that you all know that's the right answer, that was really good, right, the reality is we rely on not just the generosity but the shared mission of individuals of congregations of synods to support the wilderness that God has given us to steward. Because it's not our wilderness in terms of hope with outdoors, it's our wilderness in terms of God's people. And so that is something that we are committed to doing. And we're committed to doing it not just for ourselves but for people beyond the church. Because here's the last piece of trivia. How many of our campers, what percentage of our campers do you think are members of a Lutheran church? 50? 50. This is the right answer. 50% are members of a Lutheran church. 20% aren't a member of a faith community at all. There's something about the wilderness that's drawing people that are not a part of our congregations. There's something about the wilderness that's drawing people that aren't a part of any faith community, and they're finding something of significance out there. So the question that I have for us today is, what is it about the wilderness that draws us, no matter where we come from, no matter what our church home might be, if we have one? So I'm curious if you have ever been out in the wilderness and just felt an experience of awe or wonder. Being overwhelmed with beauty or significance in some ways. Has that happened to y'all in any way? I, at a young age even. That's great. I love that. I remember one time as a very smart, very safety-minded 19-year-old being at the Grand Canyon and definitely not climbing over a fence, not recommended, to lay with my head over the edge and stare a mile down into the earth's crust and feel so afraid and yet so loved at the same time. Because the wilderness was so vast and so so dangerous and yet so majestic, so beautiful, that I knew even though I couldn't see much of anything at the bottom that I somehow had a place in this. There's something about being drawn into the wilderness that we can't control, that we can't fully define or describe, and yet knowing we have a connection to the creator, because the creator who created us with love also created that wilderness with love. All throughout scripture, we see this kind of idea of wilderness being a place that God loves and that loves God. And we could point to a lot of scriptures. Isaiah 43 is one of my favorites. Uh, It starts in verse 19 saying, I am about to do a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness, rivers in the desert. Wild animals will honor me, the jackals and the ostriches, because I'm going to give water in the wilderness, rivers. In the desert, drink to my chosen people, the people I formed for myself, so they might declare my praise. Now I love that for two reasons. The first is, obviously, you have also looked at the beautiful bird that is an ostrich and said, Clearly that thing's praising God, right? <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Sometimes the Bible says things, I'm like, really? But also, what I love about that is that it reminds us that in the wilderness, God is still active in blessing. God is at work in the wilderness. God is blessing the wilderness, and God is inviting us into the wilderness to experience that blessing. Think about all the places we hear about God in the wilderness in Scripture. The very first lines of the Bible, in the beginning, the world was formless and void, That Hebrew word there is tohu wabohu. (laughs) Great word, right? That word means something like chaos or wild. It is in the wilderness, in the chaotic wild that God chooses to bring life. And then God invites an enslaved people into the wilderness to bring them freedom. God leads them with a pillar of fire at night and a pillar of cloud by day. God protects the prophets from oppression in the wilderness. God leads Jesus in the wilderness to face and overcome temptation. My favorite wilderness story in the Bible is the baptism of the Ethiopian eunuch. Someone who, by definition in the Old Testament, would not have had a place amongst God's people. But as this eunuch meets the Apostle Philip, and as they talk about the scriptures, This eunuch asks, what is to keep me from being baptized? And it's not in a church building, not in a baptismal font, but in a pool of water in the wilderness that Philip says, nothing. And Philip baptizes this person into the family of God. That's what happens in the wilderness. But if we don't find ourselves in the wilderness, how will we ever find that kind of of God. I think about how often we try to tame the wilderness in our lives. How many of y'all live in places where you have things like requirements for how long your grass is, or how many weeds are in your flower beds, or you feel compelled to get like buckets of toxins to throw on your sidewalk so there's no grass growing up through the cracks? So, preen and Roundup are all of the sudden what we're using to try to tame the wilderness in our lives. What happens after a couple of weeks? The wilderness comes back. We try so hard, so hard to tame the world in which we live, to make it septic. And instead, what happens? There's this voracious movement of life that says, no matter how hard we try to erase the movement of life, God is at work to bring newness again and again and again. The wonder of the wilderness is that we can't control it all. Whether you're laying over the Grand Canyon or as I first discovered at Camp Moana as I was growing up, any former Moana campers here? Yeah? Any former LMC campers here? Yeah, any former Luther campers here or current for, for Luther or LMC campers here, right? My first discovery of God in the wilderness when I was at Moana, a lot of my stories is about me being stupid, so I apologize for that. Um, when I was at Moana, and I was running up a wet hill after the rain because I was an intelligent young child, and of course I slipped and sprained my ankle, and so I'm laying there on the grass just looking up, but fortunately it was after dinner and it was after dark, and the sky was alive with stars. Things that I couldn't control, couldn't hold on to, and yet spoke to God's glory in a way that I had never quite grasped at Augsburg Lutheran Church in Orville, Ohio. But it was the same God that I hadn't been told about at Augsburg Lutheran Church in Orville, Ohio. And that's so key to this. Finding God in the wilderness is not an instead of church. It's not a avoid the people of faith. Avoid the worship experience. It's an addition to. Because sometimes we need the structure of church. Sometimes we need the rituals of the doxologies that we sing, of the meals that we share, of bumping another rump next to you. Okay, maybe not that one, but we need a lot of other kinds of ritual, right? But sometimes the ritual reminds us that God cannot be contained. And so to find that experience of God, we've got to get outside of our comfort zones, of our normal habits. Being called into the wilderness, finding this kind of rewilding of ourselves as the book talks about is not about leaving church behind. It's about experiencing God beyond this hour on Sunday mornings. It's about engaging with God outside of our normal routines. Because guess what? God cannot be contained by the box of church, but nor can God be contained by the box of the wilderness. God invites us to experience the blessing of the wilderness so that we might recognize the blessing that God is in here too. That we might find ourselves in awe and wonder of the talents that people share, of the gifts that people bring, of even the wonder that we could get some people moving at the nine o'clock service, right? It happened. Believe it or not, it's a thing. The reality is God cannot be contained by any of our structures. God is not limited by any of our movements. And so it's our movement into new places, into the wilderness of our lives that God invites us to experience that wonder. So, to paraphrase Jurassic Park's Dr. Malcolm, life finds a way. The invitation is for us to go out and find life so it doesn't have to force itself into our busy schedules. Doesn't have to break through the cracks in our sidewalks. The invitation here is to remember that the God who created the stars and created you wants you to experience the stars outside of the light pollution. The God who experiences the love for you as one of my favorite chapters in all the Bi- or favorite verses in all the Bible that God walks with us. In the garden at the time of the evening breeze. How will we ever walk with God in the garden if we never get off the sidewalk? So go wild. Go wild. Go be wild. Parents, this is an encouragement for you to let your children go wild. Sometimes sending them to camp for a week so you don't have to be the one to care for them as they're wild, right? Yeah, <laughs> who, right? But more than that, it's an invitation to be okay with not being in control. Michelle will tell you, that's hard for me. It's, It's not my spiritual gift. But it's an invitation to enter a space where you realize there's nothing you can do to solve a windstorm except clean up afterwards. There's nothing you can do to prevent erosion caused by global climate change other than rally together and put $1.4 million of rock into Lake Erie, which, yes, that's a thing that happened. If you want to hear more of the story, talk to Jillian and Hannah after church. (laughs) There's nothing we can do to control it, but there is blessing in it. So go find the blessing that is beyond your control. And my last invitation for you is, you know people. You absolutely know people who are like that 20% that I talked about before. People with no church home, no faith community, who are looking for something significant beyond themselves. But they're probably never going to show up in a church like this first. So take them an invitation, something from the table, one of the little goofy uh, camp, happy camper things. The ones that look like they're squatting, yeah, those are the ones. Take them something and invite them to experience God in the wilderness. Because in the wilderness, we meet the same God that we meet here. And if we can do that and come closer together, how wild and wonderful would that be? Let's pray. God, we thank you. That in the wilderness you meet us with water, with manna, with signposts, with new life. Inspire us and surround us with wonder and remind us that it's okay that we're not in control because your wilderness is a blessed place to be.